you are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On. Locked On. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also listen to him on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, what is going on, sir? Uh, unfortunately, I, I missed a flight, and I wasn't able to make it out <laughs> to uh, Tuscaloosa in order to uh, work out today. So uh, sure, I'm just going to sure. have to stand pat on the on the estimated numbers for my pro day, unfortunately. You know so. who did, though? Najee Harris made it. He took the nine-hour drive to make it to the pro day. That's the, the dedication that teams <laughs> want to see, right? That's why he's getting drafted, and I'm not, right? I guess, <laughs> that's, so. the only, that's the only reason. reason. <laughs> yeah, that's the only one. Uh, Yes, yeah, so Alabama had their pro day on Tuesday. Uh, a lot of big players that were there. A lot of guys weren't working out. No Devontae Smith, no Najee Harris. Uh, but Landon, uh, a guy that we think the Cowboys could be interested in was uh, Patrick Sertan uh, had a very impressive workout. It's actually still going on uh, as we're doing the show. Uh, on hand for the Dallas Cowboys were Mike McCarthy, Dan Quinn, and an area scout. So... They sent some important people down to that camp. Uh, first of all, let's talk about Patrick Sertan's day. Again, we don't have all the numbers, no. uh, but we do have some some very interesting ones. Uh, Patrick Sertan, six foot two, two hundred and eight pounds, ten inch hands with thirty two and a half inch arms, uh, a thirty nine inch vertical, uh, one thirty one inch broad jump. Just to kind of put those in to layman terms, in case you don't know. Those are all very good. Every <laughs> single one of those are in the 84th percentile or higher. He also ran an unofficial, let's say, a 444, uh, which it just is outstanding. Uh, I, I, my question to you, Landon, is we already know Patrick Sertan's good. We've talked about him ad nauseum on the show. Is there any chance that he tested so well today that maybe he's out of the Cowboys range at number 10? Uh, there's certainly a chance. Uh, I don't think it's likely, though. I, I think if you look at the, the the nine picks in front of the Cowboys, uh, you know, there's there's a pretty heavy list of names that uh, that are likely to get picked up in front of them, including all three wide receivers, Slater, Penny Sewell, and the quarterbacks. Yep. So, yep. Um, I, I think it certainly is impressive, and it's certainly um, if you're considering Patrick, if you're considering Sertan in the top ten, this didn't change you no, no, either no. way, right? Like you're, you're you're drafting. What's I guess what's so impressive about this to me is that you're drafting Sertan because of his tape, because of the way that he played on tape, and and if anything, the the downside that that you know is obviously going around about Sertan, if there is one, I guess at this point, is that he didn't seem very fast, and that the teams are worried about his speed. I think that this kind of checks that box. And then I think, but beyond that too, I think, you know, people were expecting him to be kind of a, uh, you know, average to a just slightly above average athlete. These testing numbers show something else. These, these testing numbers mm-hmm. show a guy who is a very, very good athlete. Uh, you know, not elite, not not the best athlete we've ever seen, but for a guy who is very, very, very good though. Yeah. For a guy whose athleticism we were concerned about, these are incredible numbers. And so, yeah, I, I think really 
if you were drafting him in the top 10 before, this certainly doesn't change anything. It, it probably just reconfirms that this guy is definitely worth a top 10 pick in the NFL draft this year. Yeah, so uh, we don't have any of his agility stuff yet, so we're still waiting on that. But if you plug him into the relative athletic scoring calculator and compare him against every cornerback drafted since 1970, Landon, yep. you're talking about a 92 percentile athlete, which is pretty good, good especially <laughs> when you're considering – that, that height and that weight, right? 208 pounds. We don't see corners that weigh that much very often in the NFL unless you drafted Trevon Diggs, who the Cowboys selected yeah. last year. So I think the other thing here that's important that we need to add in for some context is after we got done with our show on Monday, it came out that Caleb Farley, you know, the other yeah. cornerback that was kind of vying for that cornerback one spot this draft, is having a back procedure will not be able to participate at Virginia Tech's Pro Day. The expectation is that he'll be ready by training camp. But, Landon, there's already some back concerns there. There was a torn ACL in high school. There was some injury concerns here. And I think when you pair or when you compare Sertan and Farley to one another, Sertan is just a far safer prospect, right? With all those snaps at Alabama against all these different types of receivers, the tape was good. And now that he tested as a great athlete – it's just it's that much easier to rank him ahead of Farley, correct? Yeah, I think with Farley, it's it's you know it's a lot of big swings, right? He has the big swing athleticism. He has a big swing uh, uh, ball skills. But the, but the downside at the strikeout side of that is that he has lots of injuries. He had lots of injuries that we were aware about before all this. Uh, and I mean, I could be wrong because I, I know it's in my notes, but I, I think we talked about when we talked about Farley over a month ago, how yeah. he, he's, he dealt with back issues his last year at Virginia Tech. He clearly has something I thought in his in his play stance that either was a result of that of the back injury or that could be promoting to that back injury. Um, and I think that now that we're kind of getting word on just how severe, I mean, I, th- I think we need to provide the, the context here too. He sat out all of 2020 and didn't play. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and that's fine. Obviously that's, I'm not commenting about the choice there, but I'm saying he didn't play at all in 2020 and then still just now had this surgery. That's scary to me. Like the fact that he was able to take an entire year off of football and it's and it was still so bad that he felt that he needed to have this surgery as well. That's that's a pretty big red flag. I, I'm not a I'm not a doctor. I don't want to imply that, but I, I have to think that that can't be good. I mean, it can't be good that that you uh, you know were trying to no, just no. kind of take a year off and see how that helps and then have the surgery at the end. So, I, I think for for if we're talking about the Sertan versus Farley comparison at this point, it's it's not. He's not really in that group anymore. It's not yeah, close. I, no, no. I think, so where, I think do, now where do you feel comfortable drafting Farley? Like what stage of the draft is where you're like, okay, I'm willing to gamble on the upside? I mean, 44 is definitely back in play. <laughs> I mean, it's, look, it's like – He's not going that late because, listen, if he goes that late, it probably sure? means the back is worse than any of us anticipate, sure? right? I, listen, no. I, I, first of all, yes, I think that, that it could be that. On top of that – you know, I think you and I have both heard that the NFL doesn't like Farley as much as the, the draft media does. I would agree. So yep. I, I think that there's a possibility that instead of what we thought a guy going from top five to top ten area down to middle of the first round, it actually in reality may have been he was the middle of the first round player who's now been dropped down to the second that's, round. I mean, I think that's well, that's a possibility. And the other thing that doesn't help Farley is this is a really deep 
cornerback yeah. class, right? Yeah. There's a lot of guys, especially once you get outside, let's say the top 15, where it's pick your flavor, right? If you like a Greg Newsom or you want an Asante Samuel, take one of those guys. It's going to be awfully hard for Farley, who's coming off a back procedure, who also didn't play in 2020, to beat out even a guy like Effie uh, Melifamu from Syracuse, yeah. who played at the Senior Bowl. Like, we got to see him just a couple months ago, and he tested as a great athlete. So, I, I don't think 44 is realistic, but early second round, I don't think is out of the equation. I, I really don't. Uh, and it's something that we're going to have to monitor and, and see how it goes over the next couple of weeks. Just wanted to tell you guys about rockauto.com. It's a family business that has been serving auto parts to customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices that you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and they're the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. Landon, let's kind of transition in to answer some of you guys' Twitter questions. We have not got the chance to answer Twitter questions uh, in the last couple of weeks, and I want to do that. Yeah. And this first question is really interesting. It comes from Brady. He wants to know uh, about the Cowboys extending Michael Gallup for this reason alone. The wide receiver market in free agency yeah. was not very kind to wide receivers. Uh, we saw a lot of guys, even like a, a Juju Smith-Schuster, get a one-year, eight million dollar deal. Uh, we saw some other players, you know, maybe not get the deals they were expecting. So is now the time to to maybe give Michael Gallup some financial security and lock him up to let's say not a not a super long deal, but maybe a deal that extends him for another year after the 2021 season. I'm certainly talking to his agent to see if he's interested in it. I mean, I, look, I, I think – I don't know that anybody – at least I certainly didn't anticipate the, the wide receiver market being as soft as it would be this year. But it, but economically, it makes sense, right? We've had year after year of truly astounding wide receiver draft crops that have come out these last few years, including mm-hmm. this year, which, I mean, maybe even better than last year's. Uh, and, and so it stands to reason that eventually – this is going to have an effect on the wide receiver market, right? The, the free agent market. And, and I think we, we're starting to see it now, right? Because this is one of the first mm-hmm. years where there's a ton of wide receivers all throughout the, 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 the draft. And because of the COVID restrictions and the, the lowered salary cap, wide receiver is probably the position that might end up getting squeezed the most, especially the middle class of wide receivers. Right. So mm-hmm. uh, I wouldn't be surprised if, if, you know, the Cowboys were able to take advantage of that and say, look, you know, I mean, the market may be a little bit better next year, but it may not. Uh, so if, you know, you want to stay in town, if you like it here, uh, we're willing to make you an offer that we think can keep you here and, and, and be reasonable. Uh, so you don't have to go out and, and try the open market, but you know I don't know that they're going to go too far down that that road. I think for for you know for financial reasons they probably are are going to try to 
see if they can get a really really good deal for Gallup and if and if they if they kind of want to play the market that I'm sure that they have no problem with letting him try test free agency next year and then you know getting a nice comp pick for wherever he goes. All right, so let's walk through this a little bit. So first and foremost with the market, if the market is going to be soft and you can let's I hear this argument all the time that you can find receivers wherever does it even make sense for the Cowboys to bring back Michael Gallup, or are you better off allowing him to hit free agency and using, let's say, a day two pick on a, a potential replacement at a far cheaper price? I think it depends on the price. You know, like if if the price is right and you can get him for you know decently cheap, especially what you consider for the output of him, right? Okay, there so is... let me give you an example. Let me give okay. you an example. All right. Yeah. So what if the Cowboys come to Michael Gallup in his agent like this? Hey, we're going to give you. Uh, we'll give you $15 million for the next two years. So you get a bump in your salary this year, and we get you through the 2022 season. Would they be interested in that? I mean, I think they should. Because here's the thing. The other side of that coin with, with, with the great depth at wide receiver is that if you're out of the wide receiver market when, you, when it comes draft time, every single one of those wide receivers drafted is working for you. Yeah. Every single one of those yeah. wide receivers that gets drafted between your picks is helping you out because you don't want the, that guy. So he's just pushing down another player to you that you want. So and and because wide receiver is so like such a voluminous position, the, the, the sheer you know, the number of stock in, 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 a, in an NFL draft for wide receivers that are viable candidates to play. Uh, that really makes a difference in your draft, right? Like, I mean, you, every single one of – it's just like quarterback, right? Every sure. single quarterback, when you have a quarterback, works for you uh, in the draft because they're pushing more players down to where you want to get them. So if the Cowboys can find a, 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 you know, a price point that makes sense to them financially – uh, that that uh, it makes Gallup happy. That it makes it have him come back in, in, in that similar role. There is something to continuity and offensive continuity, and, and having the same guy come back into the same system, and, and just having a level of of knowledge that that guy is is how he's going to fit in your system. I think there is a, a benefit to at least looking at what the price point is, because the other side of it uh, has a, another set of benefits outside of just you know having an option to sign a a, a cheap free a cheap wide receiver in the draft or in undrafted free agency or you know I, I, there's something to having that player on your on your roster and then eliminating that position from contention when you're uh, entering into a draft. It's also worth mentioning, here are the receivers that are scheduled to hit free agency in 2022. It's Allen Robinson, Chris Godwin, Juju Smith-Schuster, Devontae Adams, Tyler Lockett, Roby Anderson, uh, Mike Williams. I mean, you got a lot. Calvin a Ridley. Lot. You've got a lot of guys that are coming up to be free agents. And then on top of a really good draft class, if the Cowboys were to approach Gallup with a, a deal that gives him money in his pocket right away, gives him guaranteed money... It might not be the worst thing in the world, especially if he likes playing in Dallas. He likes yeah. being with Dak Prescott. I think that's something the Cowboys should consider because, listen, Gallup's a really good receiver that knows the scheme, has position flexibility. I, I would be interested in that. We'll see if the Cowboys even approach Gallup about a potential offer uh, here in the upcoming months. Um, let's get to a, another question, Landon. And this question is from J.D., who are some veteran cornerbacks the team could bring in to not make pick number 10 a lock at cornerback? I will give you some names. And unfortunately, the market's not great. Uh, there is Richard Sherman, who's been kind of floating out there. A.J. Boye, 
Uh, Quinton Dunbar, Garyon Conley, Drake or Patrick, Brashad Breeland, Josh Norman. Do any of those guys stop you from picking a corner at number 10? Uh, uh, no. <laughs> I think that's I where mean, we're at at this stage of free agency, right? These yeah, are all stopgap, short-term answers. I also think that, you know, I, I also probably wouldn't look at it like that. You know, I, I mean, I, I would probably take Richard Sherman or, or someone, you know, of that ilk and not feel that I had to take a guy at 10. But that doesn't mean that I would. That, that they, he would stop me from taking Patrick Sertan at 10, if that makes sense. You know, yeah. if Sertan's yeah. the best player at 10, and, and especially now that we've seen him test this way, clearly he is worthy of that 10th spot, right? So if if he's available and he's there and we've signed Richard Sherman, I mean, I'm, I'm still taking him because he's probably, yeah. he might still be the best player there. So I all I, I think what, what, the, what, the, what the person who's asking the question maybe would be really wanting to know is, which one of these guys could we take and feel comfortable about not taking a cornerback at 10? And I think that, you know, it's Sherman's really the only one. Honestly. Sherman's really the only one. I, I mean, I think some of these other guys, like I wonder how a Drake Kirkpatrick would fit in this system. Well, they right? had interest in Drake Kirkpatrick at this time last year, right? Yeah. So I, I, I do wonder like is some of these fits in, in the system, maybe that you can get some good production out of this. And again, you don't need to have elite top end production there in order to feel good about what's going on. You probably just need to, uh, you, you know, increase what's happening in the pass rush on the front end. So mm-hmm. it, it really depends on how the whole draft looks, right? How the whole, the whole, you come out of the whole draft on whether or not uh, I feel comfortable signing Richard Sherman and then starting Sherman and, uh, digs as you're you know, starting two outside corners. I would agree. I think uh, I don't know. I just, I'm just at a point where I'm I'm tired of stopgap options. Like I want a long term sure. solution. That's a spot that really needs one. If you draft a corner, even at ten or even at forty four, I feel much better about signing guys that are kind of washed. Like Josh Norman, I think there's a reason he's been on a, how many different teams now. Yeah. Brashad Breland has bounced around a bunch. A.J. Boye has bounced around some as well. Uh, I, listen, here's what I think is very likely to happen. If the Cowboys don't go corner at 10 for whatever reason, let's say Sertan is off the board and they draft, I don't know, a generational tight end like Kyle Pitts at number 10. Uh, then I, they, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then I think in free agency, like in May and June, that's when they be, would be more open to like bringing in a Drake Kirkpatrick and saying, hey, come start for us for half a year until we, the corner we drafted in rounds two or three is ready to go. I, I think that's more realistic than the Cowboys signing a guy now and then not drafting one at number 10, if that makes sense. Correct? And, 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 fr- and frankly, maybe that's what Richard Sherman is waiting for. You know, maybe it's gotten it to be. the point now where – the market is so soft that he waits until the other side of the draft to see to, to get a little bit better chance of a team that, you know, didn't get what they wanted out of the draft, still is looking for a quality starter at the position. Maybe he gets a little bit better money offer uh, at that point once teams uh, have gotten on the other side of the draft sure. and re- realize they didn't get what they wanted and, and at that point are desperate to get a starter. 
We've been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. And now it is time to find out which Built Bar is the best. It is Built Bar Madness. Today's matchup is coconut versus birthday cake. Go to BuiltBar.com or go to at bar underscore built on Twitter. Remember to use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. Just want to take a quick break to tell you guys about Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bet, and it is free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, so we've got more Patrick Sertan questions. This one I really like from Elias. Uh, he wants to know if the Cowboys draft Patrick Sertan at 10. They have all these extra comp picks that they could use to, to rebuild this roster. If you were trading up from number 44, let's say at the top mm. of the second round or the bottom of the first round, who are some potential targets to pair with Patrick Sertan? I, I, see, this is my my latest thing, man. This is I, I, what I've been doing a ton of is trying to trade up from forty four to see what I can get. Right, okay. take one of those comp picks uh, and and trade up, you know, to uh, twenty five yeah. to twenty six, twenty seven. I, I I think someone said earlier, on, maybe it was on the draft show, that you could take seventy five if you're willing to, to to trade that and get all the way up to like Washington at twenty two or something like that. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think. You know, you could look at a lot of people at, at that kind of lower end of the first round. Uh, if you take Sertan at, at, at 10, you could look at one of the offensive tackles. You could look at a guy like Darisaw if he falls that far. Mm-hmm. You could look at uh, a guy like uh, uh, one of the safeties. Like, you could take Morig there. If you really like yeah, Richie Grant, I, I'm not going to poo-poo you if you take Richie Grant at the bottom of the first round. Um, I think I've got three. Could, I've got three guys. Are you yeah. ready? Yeah. So the, the the most unrealistic guy that I think would be interesting is Christian Barmore, just because oh, okay. Okay. We, that's a guy that has a lot of, you know, he's got tools, he can rush the passer. passer. I think he's a top 20 pick, so I don't think that's all re- that realistic. Uh, Trevon Merrick, the, the safety from TCU, I really like, and... I probably like him a, a little bit better than Richie Grant. You and I were actually talking about this a little bit yesterday, but I think Grant is the better free safety. I think Merrig is the better overall player. And I just think he is a really solid, movable chess piece on defense. And then I'm interested in edge rusher, Landon. Like I was just going to say. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know my guy, Aziz Ozolari from mm-hmm. Georgia. If he is there in the 20s, I'm I'm picking up the phone Snag and calling him. everybody. Uh, yep. There's even some guys, you know, a little bit later. Like, I mean, if Jalen Phillips is there. there Jalen Phillips? <laughs> yeah, that's that's somebody I'm interested in. Uh, it, and then a, a guard, right? I, I like uh, Elijah Vera Tucker from uh, yeah. USC. I, I think he's probably somebody that goes late teens, early 20s. But he, he happens to slip down to picks 27, 28. I'm interested in that. I think 
Honestly, Landon, I think that's the move here because I think there's a drop-off in talent from pick 28 to 44, like a pretty massive drop. I just think that's really interesting interesting and very doable for the Cowboys this year. They have the picks to do it. Uh, if they lock up that corner at number 10, they're free to go up and go get another defender. I would be a big fan. So, uh, get, again, give me your guys that you would be interested in moving up for. I mean, I think you mentioned – I mean, uh, Vera Tucker is is a 90% Rashawn Slater. Eighty-five uh, yeah, yeah. percent response later. I think he's. I think he's a great player. Maybe. Maybe better than that. I mean, but a swing guard tackle guy who can give you a lot of versatility can play either position for you. Uh, I'm so glad you mentioned Jalen Phillips. Obviously, shout out to John Owning who's been on this train from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Phillips is a guy who was a superstar high school recruit coming out of yes. California. Yes. Uh, uh, I think he went to. UCLA originally, right? UCLA met, retired yeah, for a year. Medically retired uh, yep. for a year, but came back to Miami and absolutely dominated and, and showed you exactly why he was a five-star recruit. I mean, he's just a freak of nature athletically. He's got that bend. He can play in the run in the, in the past. I, I think if he w- had a clean bill of health, um, you know, we wouldn't be talking about a lesser than uh, edge class. I think you'd be talking about Aziz Ojolari and, and Jalen Phillips up top, uh, you know, being very two very attractive pass rushers for teams. Uh, yeah, I think you. So I think those guys are obviously in play. Um, I mean, I have to think that someone like Quiddy Pay is 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 in sure. play at that position. I don't know if we love him as much as other te- those teams may like him. What about Jason Oa from the Penn State, the four three zero edge rusher? What about Gregory Rousseau? He's, I mean, there's a possibility. I know, but I mean, he's, there's a possibility he makes it down mm. to there. And if that's the case, you know, we, as much as we don't like him at the top of the first round, there is a spot where you got to feel comfortable drafting this guy. Uh, well, uh, that's fine. I think that I think a guy that's maybe more realistic than that would be Zayvon Collins, right? Because we know sure. that's a guy that Linebacker. the Cowboys like quite a bit. And if yep. the plan is to let. Leighton Vandrush his contract expire, maybe move on from Jalen Smith after this year. You bring in Zayvon Collins, you you let him do some maybe Sam linebacker stuff right away, and then have him play in the middle next year. I think that's a possibility. You're gonna play uh, eight linebackers next year. Hey, why not? Uh, we're gonna play three safeties all the time, so it's fun. <laughs> I guess so. Uh, yeah. uh, so somebody actually asked a, a, a different variation of this question. What if Sertan is gone at ten, Landon, and the Cowboys are stuck drafting Pitts? Stuck drafting pits. Stuck pit. drafting uh, pits. Oh, what do you do then? Because now I celebrate. think celebrate. Ve- <laughs> yeah, you celebrate. We're, we're having a pizza party, right? We're, yeah. we're having quite the show here. Uh, but what if the Cowboys do that and then they want to move back up, let's say, for a corner? Which I think that's corner? Even yeah, easier. which corner? Yeah, that's easier to me, right? Yeah, I mean, because honestly, depending on how far up you go, I mean, we could talk about Farley again, right? Like, uh, we could talk about uh, Melifonwu. We could talk about Newsom. Uh, we could. Talk That's the about, guy for me, right? Yeah, it, it, I mean, all these guys are in play in that range. All of them, I think, will be available. I, listen, my guy, I I don't know that he's a first rounder, but if you're desperate to get a cornerback at that point, and, and you could probably wait till 44 for him, and I think he's as good at upside as Eric Stokes from Georgia. I like him a Ooh. lot. And, and and I think that, you know, we we are going to have a, we still eventually will have our, our second round of cornerback uh, prospects podcast to talk about. So definitely be on the lookout for that. But uh, I think Stokes is a guy who's long athletic, had success in the sec. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's almost like he's the cornerback version of Aziz Ojolari where I can't quite figure out why he doesn't have a higher draft stock than he does. So, uh, yeah, I, 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 like I said, 
if you wanted to go best player available that isn't a cornerback at 10 and then trade back up from 44, I almost feel like you're going to get you're definitely going to get better choices for what you want. Yes. Trading up to go get a cornerback after picking something else at 10. Having said that, I kind of feel like I'd prefer Sertan and then what I get at 44. I I think it's an easier choice and you're taking a gamble, but it's probably worth the gamble to get Sertan and then see what you get at whatever spot you land on when you trade up. I'm very interested or excited to have our debate about Eric Stokes because that is a player later that I would not be happy with at 44. So we're going to have to talk about him in the near future. So that's a, that's a nice little tease, but I do agree with you. I think it, I think it works out better if the Cowboys draft Sertan and then move up for a different defender, whether that's a linebacker, whether that's a, you know, a safety or a uh, edge rusher. I just think it works out better than doing the inverse of that. Uh, We shall see if the Cowboys are that aggressive come April's draft. That is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. As always, you can download and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnCowboys. You can follow Landon at McCoolBCB, and I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we will see you next time.